0: Hey guys, and welcome to the Nashville for Nobodies podcast. I'm
1: your host, Bobby Gordon, along with my co-host, Kyle Thurkey, and we're going to be talking about the Nashville music scene and the ins and outs of lower Broadway and a bunch of other random stuff that comes to mind.
0: So if you're thinking about Nashville or new to Nashville
1: and want to wrap your head around what's
0: going on, this might be a great place to start.
1: Take a listen. What's going on, everybody? It's Kyle Thurkey from Nashville for Nobodies. And Bobby Gordon. And just... Bobby Gordon and nobody else. It's just the two of us today. Recently, we've had a lot of people that have reached out to us that want to be on the podcast, and we have booked them. And things have come up last minute, so they haven't been able to show up. And so Bobby and I just said, "Screw it, we're just going to do one with the two of us because we don't get to sit sit around a lot, just the two of us, and talk and hang out anymore." So we're going to do that today. And it just so happens the Nashville music scene blew the fuck up. <laughs> yeah, like just kaboom.
0: So we have a lot to
1: Yeah, there's to there's talk a lot about. that has happened in these last couple of weeks. And um, definitely some talking points. Uh, those of y'all that live in town, you know what's going on. Those of y'all that don't live in town, you're going to learn a lot during this episode today. Um, so hang tight and enjoy the ride. But before we get into those talking points, um, there's actually not an episode out talking about Bobby and Bobby's life and his journey and how he got here. It's just kind of been pieced together through him interviewing other people. So today we're going to turn it around and I'm going to interview him and we're going to hear his story and, um, I'm quite excited because even though Bobby is one of my best friends in town, I still not even in town, just in general. You are one of my best friends in general. My heart. um, I still don't know your entire backstory, um, so I definitely want to hear it. It can get weird. I'm I'm sure it can. So speaking of, we know this podcast likes to get weird, and let's go ahead and start with you. That was my (laughs) knuckles, (laughs) if anybody heard that. I was not expecting them to pop that loud. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyways. This is our day. <laughs> Here's Bobby, everybody. Bobby. Yes. Tell the people who you are, where you're from, how you got here, why you're here, and how you ended up doing this podcast. Man, that's that's <laughs> that's a long,
0: confusing story. It's a long journey. So I started in Possum Trot, Kentucky. Um my dad is a drummer, so I've been around music and specifically Nashville musicians for the majority of my existence.
1: So I feel like I had a pretty good head start there. So I've, I've never looked up where Possum Trot is exactly. So like how far, just, just give me time-wise how far it is from here.
0: Uh, roughly hour and a half to two hours, oh, so depending like you got, on, like it's, if you're outside of Nashville going that way, hour and a half if you're inside it'll probably be closer to two hours gotcha
1: okay so roughly two hours so was your dad coming down here a lot and playing or doing anything back then so
0: dad started in florida moved to nashville was doing the nashville thing took a gig in paducah kentucky which is just right beside my hometown mm-hmm. uh, and that was a hotel gig so he ended up keeping that gig for a few years. Um, they were playing like six nights a week. So it was a very steady, very consistent gig. Um, and that's where he met my mommy. And um, one thing led to another. And then babies popped out.
1: And then we have Bobby. Yes.
0: So, but he would bring in musicians from Nashville all the time when they needed somebody. In the bands up there and vice versa and so i got to meet a lot of nashville guys and
1: jam with them growing up and that was a lot of fun sidebar question yes it's that i've never actually asked you this so is your given name bobby or is it robert or it's robert it's robert okay
0: but i'm like little and Robert seems like such a masculine man
1: name, and <laughs> so Bobby I'm seems Bobby. very more fitting for Damn it, Bobby. me and my personality. <laughs> it's fair. Yeah, I, 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 would ha- I think I would have a hard time calling you Robert. Yeah, I would. Yep. <laughs> Nobody
0: has ever called me Robert.
1: Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you cracking Sorry. up over that? <laughs> 'Cause I just you know, my mind goes in several different directions and in my shirt or my head I saw a t shirt. I've been doing that all morning. I have been swapping words all morning. So I apologize now. It's been a day for me. Um in my mind I saw a t shirt that said Nobody calls me Robert and then we'll my put mind, that on the list. Then my <laughs> mind went to what about the people that their name is Richard? So, <laughs> nobody speaking calls, nobody of calls my me of the Richard. So
0: so the nickname for Anyways. Richard is Dick. Right. My <laughs> dad's name is going with my, my dad's shirt. name is Peter Richard. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh my god.
0: Oh. Yep. That's my daddy. <laughs> I've already broke Kyle. <laughs>
1: I'm supposed to interview you and I can't stop <laughs> laughing.
0: And then then my brother's name is uh Richard. So So why I'm you surrounded mean? by dicks. <laughs>
1: all the things i want to say right now and i really can't because i'm not sure who listens anymore oh my god uh anyways um so bobby's surrounded by a bunch of dicks (laughs) uh, good stuff continue your story I don't I don't know where I'm I was so, going. I'm so glad I asked that question now. Um so yeah. you <laughs> would have never got all of this.
0: <laughs> Dad being a drummer is of course how I got on stage. Um he would let me sit in any time that he was playing someplace that I was allowed to go. Um which that was a fun story. So what too.
1: was what was the uh My words do not want to work today. <laughs> I'm like trying to get words out to them. <laughs> um How young were you when you first started going into, or you first sat in w- with your dad? First sitting with,
0: I was probably like n- maybe nine or 10.
1: That's pretty cool. I'd um, say, man, that's, whew, I'd be scared at that age. I was, I'm pretty sure it was like, fifth or sixth grade so how old were you when you actually started playing
0: drums that's the funny part of this story so i went with dad to a gig and daryl clinton who's been around since i was a baby he's my uncle daryl um he made the joke when you gonna get up and play drums and i said whenever and dad was like okay well you you learn to play and then we'll get you up And the next weekend, I went to one of dad's gigs, and Daryl was there, and I got up and played a song, and my daddy cried like a little baby. (laughs) So, I was playing drums for officially a week, and then got up on stage and played.
1: That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. No, mine was a lot longer than that. Mine was a couple months, but... (laughs)
0: And then it just kind of, anytime dad would play, I would go and then set in and it would be one song and then it would be two songs and then it'd be half the set. And then I'd start filling in for dad. And then when dad moved to Florida, I took his spot in his
1: band. And When did you start? Like how old were you when you started quote unquote filling in for your dad?
0: Um, I think the first time I did a full gig for my dad, I was probably... Fourteen or fifteen.
1: Okay, and then when did he leave, and you took over that spot? Um,
0: that was probably around eighteen, okay. probably.
1: And you 18, were 19, something like that. You were a band nerd, right? You, you oh pulled, yeah, yep. Yeah. Marching band marching was life. Mm-hmm. I was not in marching band in high school. In high school, I dropped out of uh, football. And all sports, all extracurriculars completely. I wanted to do jazz band but they nixed our jazz band because there weren't enough people that were signing up for it. So that kind of sucked. Outside of that, I didn't do anything in in school but everybody that I hung out with was a band nerd drill team something of that nature surrounded by that. so
0: If it wasn't for marching band, I would have not got out of high school like I hated high school so much I was bullied uh it was awful awful experience so if it wasn't for marching band I would have never gone to class high school was terrible. I have dropped out high school it was, was awful I,
1: I yeah high school was terrible um I didn't really start getting like I became quote-unquote cool my senior year when i started doing a bunch of shows when i started playing a bunch of gigs and then people were like oh those kids in a band and our our band was actually pretty decent for being a young local band like we 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 weren't bad all the musicians in the band were actually very talented so anyways okay back on to you so you started taking over and and filling in for your dad Mm -hmm. once he left and and so that was
0: that was weekly gigs. So it was, you know, Friday and Saturday nights, pretty consistently, I'd have oh, a gig. Nice. Um, and then, yeah, that just... And were they
1: just, they were just local bars or...
0: Local bars, it was pretty much the same thing we do, um, except they got breaks. But yeah, same kind of, I mean, a lot of the same songs that are Broadway standards they were doing because they would bring in Broadway guys and...
1: Speaking of breaks... Um, I'm weirded out when I play gigs with breaks now, Mm -hmm. like, don't get me wrong, I like them, but like, I'm so used to being, especially the bands that I play with high energy for three and a half to four hours that when I play a two hour gig with a, you know, 15 to 30 minute break, roughly some of that time slot, like. I'm like, no, I'd rather just stay on stage. Yep. <laughs> I'd yeah. I'd rather just I'm rock right out now. for two hours. If like, I take
0: a 15-minute break, I don't want to get back on stage. I'm that done. Is, that is true. I've relaxed and calmed down, and now I don't want to do that again.
1: Mm-hmm. hmm I
0: feel like I'm done.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, especially doing those gigs, because they usually have, like, most of them, the ones that I've done lately, they've had, like, green rooms and stuff, so you go mm-hmm. back and you sit down, because I am not one to go out and be social with the crowd, uh, I, I'm really not, I, I like to be my crazy self on stage yeah. and then when the show is done, I clean up and disappear. <laughs> uh, that's, that's
0: the one thing I do like about Broadway is like, because every, the crowd is a built in crowd. They're not coming to see us specifically. Yeah. You don't have to necessarily socialize the way you would if it was your band trying to put on your gig.
1: Well, yeah, and then being most of the bands being a side man, it's a lot easier yeah. you're like you're like yeah, I'm not getting talked to, so yeah. But
0: like back home, I mean, everybody knows you. So you get off stage for your fifteen minute break and you feel obligated to go say hi to everybody and talk to people or they're gonna come up to you and ask the, how your mom is. The
1: and- one hometown show I did man, we had we had two breaks and they were about twenty minutes. And I was, I was talking to everybody. My family was there. My friends were there. I mean, I hadn't seen people in years, five years and they were coming out to my shows. And so that's the only hometown show I've done in 10 years. So I was actually thinking about that the other day. I was like, if I could somehow figure out a way that I could get my, my cover band, my Mm -hmm. little punk band down there to do like a Friday and Saturday, or maybe even like a Sunday, right? Like, because there's a couple bars there that that do the three- to four-hour shifts, you know, with breaks and stuff like that and cover songs. And And I thought about it, and I was like, if I could – we could make this work financially, like, I'll, I'm not worried about making money. Mm-hmm. If I could somehow just pay them, get them down there.
0: Well, I've thought the same thing, like, back home. I would love to take a Broadway band to Paducah and play just so I could go home and play in front of, like, all the people that I want to be like, hey, fuck you, I'm good at this. <laughs> and – I mean, oh, mine's not even that. They just, don't pay shit, and that's just two hours away. And I so.
1: just, I just want to play for my friends, man. I miss doing that so much. Like, especially playing this bar that I've uh, snitched lately with my band. Like, that's something I really miss is like playing in front of my friends. Mm-hmm. Like, man, like, I just miss that. So,
0: I don't know. I've never like all my friends from pretty much like post high school on have been my bandmates yeah
1: minus like a couple <laughs> either either work like some kind of work related friends yeah or bandmates. and
0: like the couple of like non-situation friends that i did make i mean they're super nerdy and dorky like me so like going to a bar and listening to a band is not what they're gonna go to
1: <laughs> and i t- man honestly i typically don't do that I'd rather not go out mm-hmm. somewhere where there's a live band because it's, it's cause it's, I'm surrounded by it. Yeah. So like when I'm off, it's the last thing I want to do. Like I would much rather do anything do else.
0: Even going to like big con, like I've never played a stadium show, but if I go to a concert at a stadium or an arena, I feel like I'm not supposed to be out front. Like <laughs> I see everybody backstage and stuff. And I'm like, I'm supposed to be back there. Those are my people. I nah. know what to do over there I've
1: been going to a lot of concerts lately and but I used to feel that way like there there's a meme of a football player standing in the stadium watching like dressed full gear mm-hmm. watching uh, a football team play and it's like oh this must what it be must what it be. Must, must be what it'd be like god i can't talk today i can't it do we like that sometimes <laughs> must what it'd be like to be a musician watching a concert and i was like oh my god i feel that but lately man i don't know i've just i've i've been trying to look at things through a different lens and i've been going to concerts and just enjoying them for the show see i don't know how to do that either cuz um, as soon as the show starts i, will say, I go into like study mode so, I saw Nickelback last week, which, if y'all didn't know, I'm a Nickelback fan. Hell I right. love them. Th- this is on record, me saying, I love Nickelback. Kyle Thurkey loves Nickelback. End of story. We're still um, going
0: to make fun of Nickelback.
1: Yeah, I-, I still make fun of him. Have to. Um, he did on stage, he goes, depending on what generation you're from is how you're going to say this next song, but most of you guys know it as, look at this graph. <laughs> <laughs> I, I lost it, um, but went and saw them last week. And while I was enjoying the show, something that bothered me. Now, granted, they are they're getting older in age, so they don't run around as much. But having a stage with that much room, mm-hmm. bro, I'd get my cardio in for the week in one night, like. I, I just feel they could have really utilized the stage more when they were just staying at their yeah. microphones. Now, granted, the guitar player and Chad sing a whole lot, and when Chad wasn't singing, he was running out and rocking out. But like, I just, I was like, man, that was the, that was the only like that's literally the thought top I had.
0: reason I want to learn to play bass well enough to get bass gigs is because I am so tired of being stuck in, in a, a spot.
1: Yep, I hate it you are man and like like I complain about it sometimes but like I'm not literally stuck you're literally stuck
0: <laughs> and and I mean I love being a showman and if I could get good enough at base to where I didn't have to think so much about playing I could be a hell of a showman
1: and that would be so fun it yeah it is <laughs> I
0: mean, I try playing drum. Like I'm doing stick flips, and like I'm trying to be animated. But like, so so mon- the second somebody runs across the stage, nobody's looking at me anymore.
1: Monday at our gig with Todd, um, somebody requested a song. I don't remember which song it was, um, but it was a song that I sing. And uh, I, a couple of songs before that, I was down in the crowd rocking out with them. And I came up and I was singing the song and Todd decided to go down there and rock out with the crowd. <laughs> and he came back and he goes, dang, Kyle, now I see why you do this. They're fun to hang out with down there. I was like, yeah. Right. It's a whole nother experience when you get to get off stage and just like, even though, yes, we're, we're just, we're nobodies. We're just people here in Nashville that play music every day. But like when I get to get off, like at all red, get off stage and go and play down in there with like, 60 people surrounding you that are just like rocking out with you. It's Mm -hmm. cool as hell, man. It's fun. It's a whole nother vibe and energy. So I I get, I understand like why being stuck with there can really suck. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) especially like
0: not hating on any specific sound situation, but if I am behind any kind of barrier, I feel completely cut off. Like I feel like I'm playing drums listening to a song on my phone.
1: So man, as you know, we've had this discussion a lot between you and I and a few times on the podcast, how important it is as a bass player to lock in with Mm -hmm. the drummer. And even if you're on ears, there's still something about having a kit next to you, near you that you can hear and feel it. It's something as a bass player that I was it's like ingrained in me that like I have to feel those drums. Yeah, and if I can't feel those drums, I can't fully lock in. Mm. I may still be there and on time, and yeah, it sounds good for all. But I'm talking purposes, about like, but just locking in tight as hell.
0: Like, there's a level of comfort and freedom that I mean, like a percentage of a millisecond is going to make that just
1: yeah your brain so, just goes ah. So now when I you're, can play when you're behind a barrier and this was a big th- issue for me when I played in churches back home in Texas um, you know putting a drummer in those drum boxes w- drum cages whatever you want to call them like where they're fully caged out like Mm-hmm. Not just behind a shield. They're in, in a, a box. box. When you do that, it takes away a lot. And I get why it has to be done in churches. And I understand. And they're only in there for a couple songs. Completely different. I'm just saying. it was some, That was when I I learned this issue for me. Mm-hmm. Was, oh, I can't. I'm having a hard time walking in. At first, I just thought it was the drummer. And I went through. We don't, I don't know how many different drummers I played with doing that. And it was the same thing. Every gig, I'm like, oh, this is just. That feel isn't there. Yeah. And, you know, we were on in-ears, and he's in a box, and it was weird. And then they switched to electronic kits, and that got even weirder for me. And now here in Nashville, there's a few bars where the drummer is, like, locked away. And um, you can't – it's hard to lock in with them, man. It's hard to to have that feel. It just just doesn't feel right. Mm Mm-hmm. And then going to the e-kits, we'll talk more about this later, but going to those e-kits, it's the same thing, man. Like, it's just, I don't feel anything. And when I'm just hearing it a, feels a sterile. pop in my ear, it's like, I'm like, I, it's it's so weird. I know it doesn't bother a lot of people and that's cool. I'm so happy for you. Mm-hmm. Man, I have such a hard time.
0: Well, and like one of my favorite things about playing with you is that you will let the energy exist. And so if it's rocking and we're going for it, like going for
1: it. You We're going.
0: You'll for it. let the song evolve with the energy. Yep. When you're in an isolated, sterile environment like that, there's no energy. So the song's just the song.
1: 100 percent Anyways, so we'll get we, let's finish telling your story and then we'll get back <laughs> into all this bitching about what we like and don't like
0: all right so where were we? we uh took over for dad um that eventually led into me playing with almost everybody in my hometown area um got a job at the local music store started teaching drums So, I mean, basically, at that point in life, it was all music and then had a part-time job at Best Buy. That was life. Uh, Tried the school thing. College didn't work out great for me.
1: How long did you work at Best Buy?
0: I was at Best Buy for off and on for like five or six years, I think. Oh, wow. Nice. There was a gap. So I was there for like a year, year and a half, had to quit because management sucked and then got hired by great management at the Best Buy Mobile and I was there for uh, probably like at least a solid two three years maybe a little longer and then that's when I moved and even did a few shifts back there after I moved to Nashville just because I was still on on their list and stuff so if somebody called out or whatever or they had a like a pop-up shift or something i'd get a call
1: so that was cool so i I worked retail for a while um i I started doing it when i was 16 and then had a couple retail jobs here and there but i was at one of my former places of employment um (laughs) just this last weekend getting some stuff. I still shop there. I still, I'm not going to say the store name because I'm going to say some things that <laughs> anyways um, I was there and they were, there was a um, manager I'm assuming walking around with some new employees kind of like r- doing a rundown of things and just how he was talking to them and presenting himself and how serious he took this hourly job. Can't do it. And I just like, it it was his life. And I was like, wow, I'm so glad I got out of that. I'm so glad I got away from any kind of lifestyle close to that. I'm so grateful for what I do because I would never be able to work with or for somebody like that dude ever again. And most of the people I worked with in retail were just like that. Took their job way too serious when you literally can walk out of that store and go across the street to the next one and get hired there right on the spot. Yep. So
0: like <laughs> the the only reason I kept the Best Buy my old job was well, we all got to pay bills. Our store manager was the manager you want. Like th- yeah. the perfect like if corporate was like do some stupid shit, she'd be like that's some stupid shit. We're not doing it. Yeah. And our store made a shit ton of money, so like what are they going to say? Yeah. <laughs> But I, no. I
1: left this company when it was being right after it had gotten sold from being a private company, family owned private company to corporate America, to a big business. And they started doing all these changes. And I was like, I'm so glad I'm out the door. I'm right? So glad I'm out the door. It was the same thing. We, I had some really cool managers and store directors that were awesome that like didn't put up with stuff. And like was, mm-hmm. they were just great to work for. Um, But it's also retail and it's a job, and we had to make money somehow because we weren't making money playing music back then like we (laughs) are now. So, Uh, um, I was that that's that's the one
0: like me with quote unquote day jobs, I can't keep my mouth shut. So, like, I would say things to the manager that everybody wants to say, but nobody will say because I don't
1: know how to shut up. Apparently, have you ever seen the movie Ted? Yes. Okay. So, you know how when he's in there at the grocery store trying to get a job, uh-huh. when Ted's trying to get a job, and he's like, I effed your sister. And he's just like saying all these things to the manager, and the manager's like, everybody talked to me that way. You're hired. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> That I was Ted. I was saying, maybe not quite that vulgar. That's awesome. explicit. <laughs> but I was saying things. I question everything. Everybody knows that I have a problem with authority, and I don't like the government. But it's same thing with corporate and retail jobs. It's like it's just a job, man. See, like chill out.
0: I'm fine with authority until I know that I'm smarter than they are. And then I have a problem. <laughs> but it's, like,
1: it's not that I, I don't have a, like. Don't be wrong. I respect police officers and and judges and people like people of true uh, quote unquote authority. I respect them. Um, and. I always be nice, and in the same sense that I'm going to respect
0: an MMA fighter if, like, he's right. stepping up to me. I'm like, "Hey, dude, yeah. we're cool." <laughs> I yeah, trying to get killed. <laughs> See,
1: <and we laughs> trying to get killed—that's for sure.
0: I've been this size my whole life. I know how to survive.
1: <laughs> hey, you know, you're surviving. So, matters—you are surviving. I my am. Friend. Somehow, we're we're doing this and surviving. Anyways, so you were at Best Buy. You did that for a while. so
0: Yeah, and I mean, that was kind of life up until I got here with a few fun excursions. Um, So right after high school, I went to college and quit like two months in because I was like, I hate my life. My girlfriend that I thought I was going to grow up and marry and be with forever broke up with me and started sleeping with some gnarly looking dude. So I was super depressed. And so I quit school and got a call to go do a tour. It was 48 states in 48 days oh, yeah. with a punk band this in is, a this van.
1: This is the one they are booking shows like during yeah. the tour. Like, Yeah, it was. <laughs> you only had but, shows booked like a week out and you were booking shows on the road.
0: Yep, so I was given absolutely zero fucking information on this thing before I agreed to it. So I was just like, yeah. So we're going to get together. We're going to learn these songs. We're going to put out an album. We're going to go on tour. It's going to be fantastic. This is how I'm going to get famous. And if you're a touring musician, being a touring musician and being a touring punk band are two completely different ideas. Yeah. They are not the same job. No. (laughs) Like... Being a touring musician is, like, a business and, like, you have a plan and a strategy. Being a touring punk band is guerrilla warfare. <laughs>
1: um, <laughs> as a former touring punk band, um, I can agree and attest to that 100%. It is, um, let's see how far we can make it on this $100. Yes. How, how much can we stretch this?
0: Yep. So, we we came to Nashville. We recorded, I don't know, like 10 songs or something like that. 10 songs that I had just learned and written drum parts for in the studio. So, no practice. There was like two days of practice. It was all thrown together last minute. Our guitarist was from Japan. He spoke almost no English. Um, but it was... It was insane. It was stupid. Nobody should ever have agreed to do this, but it was so much fun. You know, I mean,
1: <laughs> that's, why you, that's why you do it when you're young. Right? That's why you do that stuff when you're young. You're already broke anyways. But,
0: but just to, like, paint this picture,
1: we have... Paint it away, Bob We Ross. have the CD. We hit the
0: road. I am burning copies of the CD because that's what we're selling because we can't afford to have them professionally done. So we'll stop at like a library or a friend's house and use their printer, print off a whole bunch of little pictures, sliding them in the jewel cases, burning the CDs. We stop. We get a whole bunch of white shirts, the packets of white shirts from Walmart. We get cardboard. We cut out the name of the band. We spray paint them onto the You didn't even buy shirts,
1: stencils. You, you cut out. Cut out cardboard. See, we at least went and bought stencils and like taped taped them together, put put paper and cardboard around the edges so there was no (laughs) leaking. You know, ours looked semi professionally done. I use that term loosely,
0: but yeah, no, we we get to the gig, play the gig. Any money we make goes into the gas tank to get to the next gig, like it was a hundred percent all the time. Like we were never knew what was going to happen from minute to minute.
1: It's one of the most stressful experiences, but one of the coolest and liberating experiences mm-hmm. that I can describe that I've ever been through. Like, cause you're, you're truly figuring out like some real world life problems on your own. Like, with very little money and mm. very little time, and you've, you're have just going to this, you go you know, okay, I can do this or I can't. That's know. the
0: thing. That's what you learn, and, is and that, you'll, like, you'll you learn, can do this. You'll
1: learn if you're going to throw in the towel or not.
0: Oh, yeah. 100%. So. But it changed, like, approaching the world in that kind of situation shows you that everything that you think is complete and total bullshit. Like, it is non-existent. There and are no rules. You can just go figure it out because that's what we did.
1: Before I like really went back to college and pursued a degree and got a degree and graduated, um, I had toured I'd owned my own business and all this stuff. So then when I went to college and they were like telling us how the real world works and everything, I was like, You're wrong. This that's not that's how not, any of this works. Nope. <laughs>
0: but no, the that and then the other lesson I learned is, and I don't mean this in like an ego sense, but if you present yourself like a rock star, people assume you're a
1: rock star. That This is true. If this you act
0: true. like you're going to get up and put on a hell of a show and then you get up there and you're going through the motions, they assume you're putting on a hell of a show. Yeah. They will fall right in line. Yeah. We were god awful, <laughs> like horrible but we walked into every. We had like matching clothes. It was all like white and baby blue, like suit and tie type stuff. Like we were we, a punk man. I mean, <laughs> like, we, we,
1: we kind of did the same thing with uh with my alt rock band with uh, where Vegas lies, man. We were like, I was usually in black jeans, but it was usually like suit pants, like some kind of like suit. But vest, you looked tie. the part, yeah. And, and we
0: would look the part, and we would act the part. And then somebody somewhere would just like completely, you know, hook, line, and sinker and become a part of this idea, which usually led to us having a place to sleep that night, getting fed, or like one lady bought one of our CDs for a hundred bucks so that we could get to the next city. Stuff like that. Like they yep. were so on board to help with this idea that we created, mm-hmm. and we were awful. <laughs>
1: Yeah, but some people do, they just they see that they're like, okay, there's something in you. You're trying something like you have ambition. You're going after something. Oh, it was ambitious. That's for <laughs> yeah, sure. I mean, being being a musician, especially a touring musician of any sorts, is very ambitious. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not again, and I when I say that there's a lot of people that that cannot do what we do. Not that what we do is hard. Like it's not like physically taxing. Like. You know, it's not military work. Not, it's not more so than some hard, other things, yeah. But the lifestyle of it,
0: yeah, it's it's a so mental trip. If you're not mentally in, okay with this, you will not be okay. Yeah.
1: If you are not mentally okay with being unstable, and I I don't I'm not talking about just mentally. I'm just talking about unstable in life in mm-hmm. general. This is not a lifestyle for you. As we've said it before, some months are great, some months are terrible, some years are amazing, some years you literally have to sell everything to survive. Mm-hmm. It's as much as I ha- hate quoting songs. Sometimes yeah. it's a crazy town
0: that everybody plays
1: and everybody sings, and it's one day they repo your truck, the next time they give you a million bucks. I haven't hit the million dollars yet, but you know had a vehicle taken <laughs> I've, I've never had a vehicle taken No, I'm so kidding. I've, that. I've never actually had a vehicle taken um, but I had, I've had i had to sell quite a bit of stuff to survive
0: I, I'm lucky I, I've never been in a situation where I had to sell things to survive I've been in tight situations where I made the choice to sell some things but I've never felt like I absolutely had
1: yeah to. no I was kind of screwed I was being um, sued by Citibank slash Best Buy. No, and going and going through a divorce all at the same time. So uh, <laughs> those divorces will screw you up yeah. too, man. Um, you know. So had to had to sell some stuff, had to refigure my life. You know. I was like coasting through life and I was doing okay and a bunch of stuff happened, and I was like, Well, I screwed my life up and yeah. I gotta fix it.
0: Moral of this story so, is Everything's fine with being a musician. Don't get married. That's what screws you up.
1: Everything else you, you can know, figure out. <laughs> I, I've had this conversation with quite a few people. When I'm single, especially since I've been here and been a musician, when I'm single, I thrive. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm going to use the the word successful loosely here, but. I'm, I'm successful when I'm single. I thrive. Don't get me wrong. I'd love to find somebody to be in a relationship with and, like, go back down that road someday. But I just love being able to focus on me and mm-hmm. build my brand and character, and I, I love it. I'm not focused on putting all my extra energy into something else. I'm putting everything into my brand yeah, And it's not it's not me being selfish. It's me literally, like, as a musician here in town, it, it's still a business. And people don't quite understand that. Mm-mm. It's still a business. And you have to figure out how you're marketing yourself. Are you marketing yourself as your own brand? Or are you marketing yourself as part of somebody else's brand? Right. And what I learned, what I had to do to survive, is I had to market myself as my own brand. And so that's what I've been working on these last three years is, like, really... Focusing on my own brand, and it's so far been been good. There's been some some low points, but I mean, there's always going to be those hiccups, especially in the music business. business, business,
0: But we have to deal with so much extra stuff that can go wrong.
1: (laughs) That is that is true.
0: But yeah, so did this tour, and then went on this crazy spiral of girlfriends. I would move to Speaking I would move in with a girlfriend in whatever state that I met her in. Um play music there until we broke up and then migrate to the next girlfriend in whatever <laughs> state she lives in and rinse and repeat for a little while and
1: that was you really. You really are a drummer. I am. You really are I a drummer. Am. You couch surfing, mofo's. I was.
0: <laughs> you, I did. I got to tell the story. This, please. I do. hope neither of them listen to this. Um, I
1: hope one of them or both. So,
0: do. <laughs> I was in a band that played, sp- like, exclusively at science fiction and anime conventions. We were a really? horror
1: surf rock band. Like small conventions, big conventions. I all played Dragon Con. I, I'm not sure which one that. Dragon one is.
0: Con is a massive convention in Atlanta that has like fifty thousand plus people.
1: Okay, yes, actually I've heard of that one. Yeah, never mind. It's huge. I I I, I didn't know that's what that one was called. Okay, yes, But yeah, I so totally I play I, I
0: played Dragon Con with them. Nice. So that's that was dope. fun. Yeah, that's uh, cool. There were like. Maybe two hundred people at the show, but there were like fifty thousand at the convention, so that's the number I adopt. <laughs> you know, hey, but anywho, so met this he girl thinks. uh fast forward about a month, we start dating. I didn't actually move in with her, but I was staying with her a lot, and then kind of got a thing for her roommate ooh. No, this is the cool part. <laughs> oh, so I literally oh. <laughs> like we broke up and I immediately started dating the roommate and everybody was cool with it. Like everybody was chill.
1: Man, I thought this story was going a whole different no, direction. It was right. Yeah, that's, that's, that's I was cool. like
0: in awe. And then the first girl ended up getting a boyfriend and she was like, Oh, he's gonna come over, we can all like play Monopoly. And I was like, Fuck yeah, I love Monopoly. So we're sitting there, and like he knows that I used to date her and then I'm now dating the other her, and he's a little weird. And like, fair, you can tell that he's a little self conscious and uncomfortable. And he makes a penis joke about how I have to have a small penis because XYZ, whatever. And I'm like, yep, his girlfriend, which is my ex girlfriend, whose roommate I am now with, yeah. No filter it was just like no, nope, that's not it. <laughs> <laughs> Which I wasn't expect. I was just gonna go along with the joke because yeah. I'm fine with that. I don't. I mean, I'm. I've been with both at this point, so I win. <laughs> but yeah, and then things got real awkward, and he excused uh. himself. <laughs> pretty shortly after that. That's pretty that. amazing, actually. And I was like, "Huh, if if my ex can, you know, on accident take up for me like that, I must be doing something right." <laughs> but yeah, no, did the did the couch surfing slash girlfriend thing for a little while, and that's actually how I met my oldest daughter's mom, oh, okay. and so we started dating. I was I was homeless for a little while in Mississippi. Uh, the girl I was dating and moved in with found out like she would literally sleep with any musician in town. So I was homeless for a minute, uh, met my daughter's mom. We started talking, dating. I came back to Kentucky because I didn't have a place to live and she moved to Florida. And then my dad, who's originally from Florida, same area that she was in, went to visit for a week. So, I went with my dad, hung out with her for a week, came home, she come up, and ended up moving in. And so, we were, we were together like six months or something like that, six, eight months, and then she found out she was pregnant and asked me to leave that night. Oh. Yeah. Damn. That sucks. Yep. <laughs> I thought, like... Like, we were engaged. I had asked her to marry me. Whole nine yards. I thought, like, things were good. This was gonna be my life. And she was like, I'm pregnant. And I'm like, hells yeah, because we had talked about it, and we wanted a baby. And then she was like, no, not hells yeah. I would like you to leave.
1: That, uh, what? Huh? Yep. That's a mind fuck right there.
0: That was a hard stop to that lifestyle of moving around it was at that point where i was like well fuck i'm gonna figure out how life is supposed to be lived and go back to school and do things the right way because this sucks so what'd you do after that so i went back to school okay i was in school for a total of four and a half years um decided that i absolutely hate anything involved with networking computers I thought that was gonna be my thing it is not (laughs) so uh, I went to Murray State for a while and then about the time that I got with Nicole who's my ex-wife I decided that I didn't care anything about that degree and I was like, I will transfer to the community college, finish like two or three classes, walk out with an associate's degree, and at least I've got something. Fair. So I went through all of the process of transferring everything over and switching schools and got to do one semester before they were like, oh, by the way, you don't get as much money now because we're not a four-year university, so you can't afford to be here. Hmm. And so at that point, I was just like, well, then I'm fucking done because I don't want to be here. Yep, That's fair. And then um, Nicole and I were together. Uh, We got married and moved to Nashville literally like the week after. It was two weeks after we got married. We moved to Nashville. And that was approximately six years ago.
1: Nice, and that's uh, when you moved to Nashville. Is that when you started doing music here full time? Or yep, you, okay.
0: Um, I was already basically doing music, quote unquote, full time. That was my job. But I, wasn't I, mean, I meant I mean here, I meant here in. And Nashville. then when I moved here, I got lucky to get pulled in on a couple sub gig sub gigs pretty early that led to full time spots. So yep, I pretty much just walked into gigs. And so now that I'm not just getting gigs, I don't really, I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> I've never had to try. <laughs> they were just given to me, and now
1: I don't know what to do with myself. Do you think that's uh, just because of like the turnover rate here in town of how many like newer people are coming here yeah, compared it, to how many older people are here? Because it, it seems to me like a lot of the people that have been here for and this is myself included like people have been here for more than like eight years Mm -hmm. they've trying to figure out okay do we want full-time gigs here or full-time gigs here and you either go like the touring route or you find some steady stuff on broadway and that's the route if being full-time musicians or i mean there's the guys that do studio work too don't let me leave them out too oh we
0: don't uh, we don't associate with them they're better than us <laughs> they are better than us <laughs> a
1: lot way better that's why they're in the studios right. but like you know for me it's that's what i've done i i have set gigs so i don't mm. have to find gigs and no uh, i do pick up some here and there because i do like to play in, with new groups and new people and yeah i try to pick things up and help people out um You know, uh, I've had a couple people, Dominique hit me up last week and I did some gigs for her. Chelsea hit me up last minute on Sunday. I played for her. You know, I'll do that here and there. Um, uh, Chaz Kincaid, she hit me up. I'm playing with her this coming up weekend, which those are not my regular gigs. Right. If they need me and I'm available, absolutely I'll do it. Um, I I definitely feel that's how it is, is there's a lot of the – older groups they have their set stuff and that's it. Mm-hmm. And now you have all these new younger guys that are trying to fill in those spots yep. that are that are not set or fill in those spots when they need when people call out. So
0: And with me it was kind of this perfect storm of I started playing full time with two different people and so my schedule was pretty booked. Like I was getting between 10 and 15 gigs a week. Yeah. And so I would do fill-in gigs, but I primarily only played with the two groups. And so I didn't meet everybody like I probably should have. And then on top of that, because I'm only playing with the two groups, like I know their songs, but I didn't learn everybody else's stuff because I didn't play
1: with them. Can can we sidebar on that for yeah, a second? Absolutely, um, Man, so this is something that actually I've been wanting to talk to you about a lot recently. Uh Rhythm sections, Mm -hmm. drummers, bass players. We have to know so many songs. Yes. Because guitar players, for the most part, I'm not speaking for all of you, because I know there's a lot of you that play with anybody and everybody, but um, for the most part, everybody has... Their specific genre, their specific style of yeah. what they play, and they pretty much stick to that and that set list, and they'll veer off a little bit here mm-hmm. and there. But I feel like bass players and drummers, that we have to know fucking everything. Yeah, we're not allowed to be stylistic. Yeah, like, I, uh, yes, I have my punk band, and I I look like a full-on punk as I walk down the street, but like majority of the stuff I play is country. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, but like... Yeah, we have to know so much. And so, like, filling in with Chelsea this last week, and I was talking to her about that. I was like, look, I know a lot of songs. Like, you do a lot of, like, the 70s and 80s rock. That's not my forte. Right. 90s and 2000s, I got you a cover. Let's go. Any earlier than that, I only know bits and pieces from what I've picked up over these last years because it's just not what I listen to, and it's not what I spend the most time learning because I don't get those gigs that much. Mm Mm-hmm. Thankfully on the two gigs that I've had with people that play that stuff, we've done a lot of newer things and I think it's just because when you have a sub, you just kinda go with like the flow instead of like yeah. doing the stuff you want to do. Well, Plus I, we got a lot of requests.
0: Another concept that I don't think people think about is if you're playing a lead instrument, like you need to be familiar with the lead line of the song. Familiar. Like you can fudge it all day long. But if you can hum the song, you're probably okay. Yeah. With us, we don't have a, oh, you can hum the song. Like, we have a whole idea of Phil that if we play something different and fudge it, the song isn't the same song. It doesn't feel the same.
1: If, if a guitar player, for, again... Very generic here, very broad, but if a guitar player doesn't know the exact lead line, but you, you, you said you can hum it, you can get mm-hmm. through it, people are going to follow. Right. If I hit wrong notes in a song, people know. People know. Everyone knows. Yeah. It's or like, n- It's not subtle.
0: Even if you're on the right notes, if you're playing a different rhythm, the whole song feels different.
1: Yeah, if 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 you're playing just, So if
0: you're supposed to be doing like these long open notes and you're playing short staccato 16th notes, it's a different fucking song. Yeah.
1: Or like a train beat compared to like mm-hmm. doing stuff on the hi-hats and yeah. It 100%. Yeah, and we have to know so many songs. So what I was getting at is for all of you artists and Uh, guitar players or stuff that listen to us and you hire either one of us or any other bass player or drummer Um, if it's stuff that's out of our normal wheelhouse we'll do whatever we can to get through it but we apologize like I'm sorry if we don't know the songs perfectly we're filling in for your gig we're doing the best we can Um, there's some stuff that I can nail amazing there's a lot of stuff I'm just like i just never played it so this is just me apologizing I know a lot of songs I don't know every song also, going piggyback on this, I hear a lot of people use the term I'm not a jukebox. Okay. We have to stop saying that on stage. <laughs> you know why? Because that's exactly what the fuck we are. You know why? Because a jukebox only has select songs. Right. So it does not have every single song. It is not Spotify. It is not Apple Music. It's not iTunes, any of that. So, if you're you can say that on stage it's okay but stop saying it in the fact of we don't know every song no we're a jukebox we only have select songs right i'm a jukebox i don't know every song that's not how they work (laughs) (laughs) sorry i I, i've heard it a lot lately and i just had to rant
0: and we are open (laughs) to try things if we even think that we can do it we are open i'm not scared like i'll fuck up a song i don't care
1: uh, <laughs> I you've, you've I heard will me fuck flat up out
0: I will flat out tell you, dude. I don't know this. Do you think I can get through it? Because I'm gonna try. And usually, if somebody's like, "Nah, we probably shouldn't do that one," I'm like, "Well, then, if they don't think so, we probably shouldn't."
1: That when I'm filling in, I always look at the guitar player first, and I said, "Do you know it?" Yeah, and I look at the drummer, "Do you know it?" Yep. Then we can get through it. If you two know it, we're good. Mm-hmm. I'll. Now, if it's a specific lead crazy bass line that I can't figure out in 10 seconds, no, we're not going to do it. But. Like the dude today asking for Rush.
0: Not happening. Yeah. No. I, I'm, Those I'm, are specific parts. Yeah. I, we I can't, can't fudge it.
1: through that in any way, shape, or form. And I've never attempted to play a Rush song a day in my life because I'm not that good, nor do I like it. Um, yeah, I, I've never been. A I, band, think, I think they're all fantastic musicians. I'll say that. Music's not for me. Same. But no, um, kinda to
0: shift but still shift. piggybacking off the same idea. Shift. Um I got to play with our buddy Kenny all weekend this last weekend. Yeah, how'd so that, that go? So that was super fun. Um he does a lot of the punk stuff and the rock stuff mm. that I don't know. <laughs> I d I didn't learn that shit. Dude is like amazing at walking me through a song. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen you. know. I I've seen I him do felt it. so comfortable playing songs I've never played before, just because he was like, "All right, halftime, right here, go," and I was like, "Cool, I got this." And then like he'd be, I don't know, just everything he did, every everything he did to communicate, I understood and was spot on, and I didn't have any questions or reservations about the next part. It just it fit, and. He was super supportive and so I just shout out to him on just being a genuinely great dude to play with.
1: I so we follow um on Friday nights, my band Clever Alibis follows his band, Year Love. They play six to ten, we come in ten to close, and there was might even been last week. I don't remember which week it was. They kinda run together there was one week that I saw him like singing the song and he's like with the other hand telling the drummer what to do. He's mm-hmm. playing, sing the song. And then again, triggers the drummer, tells him what to do. And it's not very often you see lead players that do that and like can still hold their composure while oh, yeah. uh, hold the show. So that's, that is, that's and very speaking impressive. Of Cause I, love. I, I can't do that. I, as, as, a, as a front band for my band, I. Uh, nope i couldn't get you through right. it i always have to tell the guitar player hey help him out like either listen to the song real fast or help him out like ah, i can't help you
0: right and but speaking of your love everybody needs to go check out their ep on spotify yeah right post, now I, it's fucking great
1: i posted it up uh, the other day it, it is fantastic man please go check out your love follow uh kenny and his band he's always working on new stuff, trying to put out shows. Mm-hmm. I think they have a show tonight. Yes. Yeah. Yes, they do. By the time this comes out, it's already passed, but they do have a show tonight. And
0: I think they have one, um, middle or end of September. He told me about it. I've got
1: to figure it out. Cause I want to go, I want to see it. I know every time again tonight I'm playing tonight. So I can't go to their show. The one they had the other week, same thing I was playing. I yeah. couldn't go. And it's, it sucks. Cause when like a lot of the local stuff, When they're doing it is generally the days that I'm playing. Right. So, what else do you want to? We keep veering off. (laughs) You. um, I mean that.
0: That's pretty much the outline of my story. Is jumping from. Yeah,
1: I guess we did to get one musical
0: situation to another. Um,
1: So, since you've been here, have you been? I know lately it's been predominantly Broadway, but has it it always been Broadway? It's it's
0: been pretty much consistently Broadway um, with some road stuff sprinkled in. Um, But no, like major... Year after the COVID stuff.
1: 2021?
0: Yes, maybe. I don't know. It feels like both yesterday and 10 years ago.
1: Yeah, I feel that. Um, It was when I met you.
0: I wasn't getting a lot of Broadway stuff. The I, had, I wasn't with the two people that I had been with, and so I was kind of left out in the open. Yeah. And I got the opportunity to do a bunch of road stuff, which was significantly less pay. But at the time, I wasn't really needing the money, so I was like, okay, this will be my step into the road world. And so I did that for a year, and that was extremely frustrating. Ended up getting out of that situation and then tried to come back to Broadway. And so now it's the, I haven't been here for a year, don't know anybody, don't know the songs because everything shifted to more rock-based stuff, especially for closing shifts. Yeah, closing shifts, yeah. It was like a hard reset on everything. But... I've been cruising through that for the last couple of years. So
1: frustrating for me is like when I moved here, everybody was like, forget everything, you know, learn country. Here's the set list. Yeah. You want to play rock and stuff. You're not going to be doing it on Broadway. Well, man, half the shows that I do now tonight's gig is different. We only do a couple of rock tunes with Todd, but, um, most of the gigs that I do after eight o'clock, man, it's, Seventy percent punk. Well, rock, even my like alternative
0: Like all weekend pop. I was playing with Dalton Black, who's predominantly, at least at the moment, a country artist. That most of his stuff is country. And we were doing punk stuff and rock stuff probably sixty to seventy percent of the show. Yep. Because it, that's what was getting requested. So that's
1: what we fucking played. I know. Now I'm like going back and like relearn all this stuff or, or learn it. It's like, I forget how many freaking good bangers there are.
0: Right. So good. But yeah, no, that's that's pretty much my story. I have always been in a musical situation, and it usually tends to change when something in my romantic life changes, which this was not really any different. The whole divorce situation threw <laughs> me for a loop and hard reset there. So here I am.
1: Well, if you're smart, divorce will teach you something.
0: Yep, don't get married. <laughs> There's no winning.
1: So well, now that we got your story in. Let's let's talk about some shit that's been going on in town. Ooh, um, that's a big topic. <laughs> uh, one of the big topics that is um, it's not really spoken about publicly, but it's definitely spoken amongst us musicians here in town. Mostly drummers and bass players, guitar players, and singers don't really seem to care. Actually, they seem to love them. I personally hate them. We're about to find out Bobby's feelings because he sometimes (laughs) has to play them. I'm talking about e-kits, electronic drum kits. These things that they are putting in these venues because they're trying to make these venues restaurants and they're trying to make us background noise, not honky tonks. Honky Tonks are loud. They're obnoxious. It's live music. It's jokes. It's inappropriateness constantly. There's alcohol. There's talks of drugs and women and men and dogs and trucks and everything else you can think of. Tornadoes, bicycles, cows. I'm just naming things at this point. (laughs) I don't know. But they're turning a lot of these places into restaurants, and the bands are they are trying to control band volume completely, so there's no stage monitors, there's no amps allowed on stage. Some of them will let guitar players bring in amps, but they do not let them turn them up very loud at all. And it's just, I personally feel when that happens, and we're using these electronic kits and no stage volume whatsoever, some of the sound guys are great and they know what they're doing. Some of them don't have a damn clue. It and sucks Most
0: of the ones me. I've talked to, they they tell you that their hands are tied. Yeah. Oh, they I have, know. It's it's they their can't job. Do anything There's to nothing fix
1: it. they can do about it. I, I get it. It's not the the sound guy didn't make that decision. Right. They're just hired there as contractors like we are. You know. It's yeah. so like I, I get that. Some of them I think might be employees, but for the most part they're contracted like we are. Um. So I get it, but. I've just decided that unless I'm really in a pinch and I need the money I need the gigs I'm not taking those gigs anymore. I can't do it man like I, I feel that come come at me I've had a few people come at me about it already because I've been a little public about it and that's fine but like we all have what we liked. I talked about it earlier on this episode like to me I can't I can't lock in with the drummer can't connect with them in the way that i feel that i need to uh it i don't feel that the sound is there no they don't sound like real drums at all none no. of them you can't convince me that they do they don't
0: they i mean even don't. even on a sound quality s- spectrum yeah. they are not the sound quality is not up to recorded quality
1: and they're not the upkeep isn't there they're not taken care of Dude. They're beaten on for 12 to 15 hours a day. They're not taken care of half the time. A trigger is broken. A cable is broken. The sound guys. Way more than half the time. It's, it's yeah. It, the sound guys, they only know like where things are supposed to be plugged in. They don't know how to like fix those things. Like they're, right. they're little computers. Like it's not a, it's not like you go going and solder and fix real easily. Like it's a little computer and parts have to be replaced. And yep. then they like, the other day, I was playing at one, and the drummer was doing – he did drum rolls, snare rolls, and then he was doing a train beat, and the trigger was only picking up one hit at a time. Mm-hmm. So, in Chattahoochee, instead of getting that train beat at the beginning, the it was pop, pop, pop. But he's playing – I'm watching him play it, Yep. and all I'm hearing is pop, pop, and – the guitar player looked at each other like How, where are we at like we don't we're not even sure cuz we can't mm-hmm. hear the correct hits and you know on and the bri- also on the bright side for everybody out front
0: eating they can't hear the drum kit at all because the volume's so low so
1: it doesn't That's matter true. to them at all also on that kit there's uh three cymbals and the hi hat um and the crash symbol was on a constant ride and they couldn't figure that out at all. Even the sound guy came up and messed with it. I mean, the drummer that we had, he, he has his own scenes saved that he mm-hmm. just plugs in and it was still coming out as a ride and it just nothing, nothing was working right. And yep. it's like, you know,
0: no one in one time somebody had spilt whiskey in the snare drum. And so it was completely fried. I had to use the top Tom as a snare drum.
1: I remember you telling me about that. I remember you telling me about that. It was insane. And, like, I just – this is why I don't I don't think that we need to be bringing these, like, corporate companies down on bra. I get it. I They have the There's, money and they can buy out the places and this and that. I get it. But, man – uh, I'm I'm actually there's an article that I posted up and I was like oh I'm on the front page of the Tennessean. I don't know if you saw that I did not uh, there was a picture of me playing in the window of Lucky Bastards and it was during CMA one Week. of the best windows on Broadway yeah for, for sure. sure for sure I can get a crowd there man I love oh, it and so some easy. somebody took somebody for the Tennesseean snapped a picture of me and they put it along with the article that said. uh is uh, Nashville and lower Broadway losing its authenticity.
0: Oh shit.
1: And I was, like, I was probably like,
0: one Whoa. of the most authentic people on Broadway.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I started laughing when I saw that, but um, you know, I, I, I sat, I read the article and I sat back and I thought about it and I was like, you know, it, it, it is, it is 100% because we're just bringing in corporate companies mm-hmm. that are, putting these stupid stupid rules yes in place that literally just like going back we were talking about retail jobs that make no fucking sense mm-hmm. it's just cuz that's how that's how corporate america world works well that's how it's going to work no this is nashville babe sorry yeah. like we do things differently <laughs> here we're not doing your corporate america bs and so and that's the pro- there's 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 a way to do what they
0: want to do. Right. It's just not that way. Right. Like, I'm all about like a dinner show and like chill music and let people eat and communicate and and if you absolutely have to have drums, you can do it with any kit and make the whole situation work. But not when you're rotating whatever bands happened, every four hours. Whatever and,
1: happened to the guys when they would do those quieter shows. And grant I know some venues still do it, but like six to ten, ten to close, have your full drum set. Yeah. By seven thirty people were done eating. Like Mm -hmm. they really are. Yeah. Nobody's sitting down for dinner anymore. They're going out. Like yeah, in in, in Nashville. They're going out. How do I know this? I'm out there every day watching. Like I literally see it. Yep. Um but you know the guys. to just bringing a cajon and a hi hat and like,
0: dude. I miss playing just, my cajon. I haven't little, got my cajon out in like, a
1: long ass time. Still, that you still it's it's just loud enough. But like, uh-huh. still talk over it. Not not a big deal. But why we gotta have full bands in the middle of the night? No stage volume. Yeah. No wonder people are when, preferring when you the have, DJ. When you, when you have a crowded, slammed bar, now I will say this. People are like, oh, well, these bars are always packed and busy. That's because of one reason and one reason only. Artists' names are on those bars so they already have a line out the door before yep. they even know what's inside. Yep. Their own, if you didn't have that artist name on that bar, nobody would be in those bars. They, the, it, they just wouldn't.
0: And, and I'm going to go ahead and point this out. The differences between the live music from one venue to another, there may be some stylistic differences. So at one bar, it may be leaning a little bit more toward rock, one more toward country. But the talent level, you're not going to notice a difference from one venue no. to the next for the most
1: part there's a few that you might but no you really won't so like on the weekend
0: when you look at like adjacent Aldine's aldean's or something like that where there's a line halfway down the block it's not because of the entertainment there the entertainment there is on par with the entertainment across the street yep. which is on par with the entertainment down the down the block it, it it's all the same level of entertainment
1: yeah, I play with all these guys. Literally, I play with all these bands.
0: <laughs> so the only thing that makes one bar more popular than the other bar is the name of the bar.
1: Yep. And I'm telling you, if if you were to... and So like Tequila Cowboy, nobody knows until they go into it and they read the menu mm-hmm. that Tequila Cowboy is Tequila Cowboy. Yeah. They think that's Jason Aldean's yeah. because it says Jason Aldean's above it. That's because Jason Aldean's is upstairs. Uh-huh. Above the building, but, but it's above, the same thing. But it's the same building, and it—it's the same building, same company. Oh, oh, by the way, it's the same sound guy. Literally, same bands, literally, literally. Same bands, same sound guy. Like that's the circuit. They're but all the if same. You, if you go into Tequila Cowboy, most of the time, pretty dead. People want to go to Jason Aldine's, mm-hmm. so they go upstairs. Yep, because they want to be in Jason Aldine's bar not Tequila Cowboy, even though it's literally one of the same bands that plays upstairs. And,
0: that, and that's another thing that I don't think your average person understands. Jason Aldean does not own the bar. No. He, they, they are renting his name. Yes. He may have a couple of little stipulations in a couple of little things, but it's, it's a corporate restaurant. Whether it says Jason Aldean's or Friday's, doesn't matter yep. it's the same
1: thing now uh Dirk bentley whiskey row Dirk bentley actually owns that bar that is his he owns that's all an of anomaly uh, that doesn't
0: happen often
1: <laughs> blake shelton same thing mm-hmm. oh now now he it's is a partnership a, yeah it's a partnership yeah and
0: that that all of these are going to be considered partnerships no they're not for the <laughs> they're not, they're but not. they are. Like they are partnering with that artist to use their name, right? And the artist is getting paid to let them. They're use they're, their name. they're paying that artist um, to
1: use their name, to use their props, to use their. To like put, I know for records,
0: uh, Miranda Lambert's. It's on the same circuit. It's the same company as Jason Aldean's. Yes, but she has quite a bit more say in her bar than he does his bar. Because that was the agreement when she said they could mm-hmm. use her name.
1: Yep. So, and another thing with that circuit, with them also, they use the E-kits. All, every single one of their bars mm-hmm. does, no matter what floor you're on. And um, the not being able to talk about or walk the tip bucket really... I have mixed uh, emotions on this. I So now, and I've had people come to me, go, well, if your band's good, they'll be making money. Yes and no. Here, Here's my thing on that. There's a lot of people that come to this town that still don't know that we do work for tips. They're learning that right. when they come here. So if they don't go into one of these bars that promotes tips, they don't see that. They don't think anything of it. The the band's not saying anything about it. Mm-hmm. You know, They may have their scrim up there with their Venmo QR code, but again, you're not talking about it. Yeah, there's tip buckets up there, but they're not labeled as tip buckets. Right. They can't be labeled as tip buckets. Um, with, I did a Sunday shift at Casa once, and we called it our offering plate. That was hilarious. I like that. Um,
0: <laughs> so here's the thing, too. like The musician part of it and then the crowd interaction to get tips part of it are two completely different skills. Yes. So... Sure, if you're a great band, you're probably going to make some tips. But if you're a great band and you have that interaction with the crowd, you can make so much money.
1: Well, and for me, a lot of my interaction with crowds is either like joking around about the songs and the music or it's Mm -hmm. money-based, money-driven speeches. So, And that was how I was taught. Eight mm-hmm. years ago, the first time I ever stepped on, you know, Broadway. Even before, even before I stepped on the Broadway, watching these bands, that's what I saw them do was pushing yeah. the tip bucket, because yeah, that's where we truly make our money. It is. Are there base pays on the gigs? Yes. Are they very high? No. The TC circuit can they be high? Yes, but they also don't let you push a tip and that, bucket. That's the thing. So I'll, like, I'll put it this way: on a Saturday night at TC, I made three hundred and one dollars mm-hmm. on a $200 base. Yep. On a Saturday night. Yep. Sunday night on a rooftop bar with a much, much lower base. almost, literally, I almost doubled that. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's the, that's and the, and I had the time of my life on Sunday and Saturday. I literally was miserable the whole gig. If you're the working, gig. if you're working on the TC circuit,
0: Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, two to six, it's great.
1: Because
0: you're going to make a couple hundred dollars. I'm sure. And that's fantastic. But the high dollar shifts, they're they're cutting your legs out from under you.
1: Yeah. And, like, I I will say, like... Not to say you can't
0: make high dollar
1: there. It's just a lot harder. Yeah, it is. You really... You really have to offer something. You can't be a thrown-together band. You mm-hmm. have to be a band that like ju- that works together all the time. Super and tight, You have you, you've, you've got different be. material. Because I've been with some of those bands where I just filled in and they have a show and they're doing their thing and, yeah, we've made great money. And then I've been in with the fill-in bands where it's a different band member mm-hmm. you know, from the nights before and people don't know what they're doing. Oh, another <sighs> thing is this This isn't really have to do with any circuit. This is just musicians in general. Since I'm talking about fill-ins and subs, artists, bands, whoever the hell is leading the show, have a fucking set list. Mm -hmm. You don't have to follow it. No. You don't have to follow it. You don't have to follow it at all. But have a fucking set list. So you're not sitting there going, well, what song are we going to play next? I can't think of one. You can one. look at the list and pick one. Yep. Or you can follow it in order so you you just, it's a nice, smooth show. I don't know. But, but sitting there and turning around, oh, well, what, what do we, you pick a song, you pick a song, what, you pick, no, no, if you're the fucking artist and the band leader, you should have a set list and you should pick a song. You, If there's not a request... And it's busy you should already have the next song or two that you're ready to do yeah like i it still blows my mind especially people that are like have been here for as long or longer than i have Mm -hmm. that just like to go up there blindly now there's some people that go up there and no they don't have a set list on their phone or maybe they do in their head and they go down that and it's great and they do awesome but i can't tell you how many people i've played with lately where they just turn around. And they're like, I don't know what to do. And they, right. they go into this panic mode. And when they go into panic mode, then they start getting snippy with players. Mm-hmm. When all we're trying to do is figure out what the fuck you want to do. Yeah. Like, so, if you're one of the, I'm going to say, it, no. From, like, y'all just, that's what y'all need to do. and I, like, do it for, I, do it, fine. I do it for my band. I'm
0: fine if they turn and they're like, hey, what do y'all want to do? You don't got an answer? Cool. Now, All right, again, let's play this. Th- now, Done.
1: Now, the morning shift, like with Noah, again, it's, it's a different, different vibe. Two to six is kind of a different vibe, a little more open, loose show. But again, your six and a ten, night ten ten to night show. a close. Like, when, when you're not getting request after request after request, or you can't do requests, but if you're playing the TC circuit and you can't do that, have a fucking set list. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not that hard to put together 60 to 75 songs. I've even seen a couple of guys. 70 songs will get you through four hours. Oh, I absolutely. promise you.
0: I've even seen a couple of guys have their set list at the front of the stage. So if somebody makes a request and like, oh, we don't have that one. Here's our set list. Is there anything here you would like to hear? Mm-hmm. Boom. Guaranteed to know it.
1: Michaela, she has that my set list thing yep. that you can scan the QR code and it gives you a list of our songs and then you pick and also what's cool about that guys if you don't know about my set list doing a little bit of free advertisement for them you can also put the price of the song on Mm -hmm. there and they can't request that song until they pay it so just so there's your free bird (laughs) (laughs) there's your one free bird the next one will cost you yep Uh, Oh, so we need a camera so you can see me doing this. You don't know what I'm doing. I'm flicking everybody off. You can't see it. No, it's not because (laughs) we're rated PG. (laughs) Yeah, totally rated PG after I just dropped the f bomb like seven times in a row. I'm doing good. I haven't (laughs) said fuck more than nine times today. (laughs) (laughs) I love it how when I'm on stage and I've been cussing the whole night, and I've I've gotten better because like no no one wants to sit up there and listen to somebody say cuss words every other word. right like it's not attractive i know that but every now and then i throw an f-bomb in there and i've I've gotten a lot better about it except for my friday night shows we go off on that one it's just fun it's it's a different vibe though uh it's a punk show um but you know every, everywhere else i've gotten a lot better but i love when we get to um uh friends in low places we'll get to the third verse oh. And I'll be like, there's a cuss word in here, and I'm not allowed to fucking cuss on stage. So you guys got to say this fucking cuss word for me, because I can't say it. Now, the word's ass. I can't... Now, everybody does that on Broadway. It's a standard thing. But man, it's so much fun to watch. I
0: think my favorite version of that joke is when they're like, now there's a word, and we're not allowed to say the word, but it rhymes with ass.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's not glass or class. But it rhymes with ass. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's...
0: It's a good. St- so, so, some of the stupid jokes are pretty funny.
1: They are. Um, now, yeah, we hear them all the time. We say them all the time. We play the same songs all the time. So we're tired of them. But when there's people that they don't get this anywhere else, you, right. don't. you don't get the Nashville vibe shows feel anywhere else. And there's no other city that compares to what we have. And we're blessed for it. But the jokes are still funny <laughs> They're still funny The toasts are still funny I don't care how many times we gotta say them They're still funny And dude, The even...
0: changing lyrics of a song is always gonna crack me up That's...
1: Okay <laughs> Speaking of this circuit again <laughs> I got in trouble For changing the lyrics In My Own Worst Enemy And uh, All the Small Things Really? And, and there were no cuss words being said Really? Yes. That's you know the lines. You know the lines that I say. That's and they're, stupid. Most people don't even realize it that no, I say. That's it. the
0: joke. That's the yeah. funny part.
1: It's only the people that are really paying attention, which are very few, that catch what I say. But yeah, I got in trouble for saying those lines. And that's after that, I was like, between the, the drums and your sound guy being a jackass and now me getting in trouble for trying to like have fun and make jokes that are not Bad. The, the, like there were no cuss words. There was nothing bad. Like it's it's twelve thirty at night. Come right. on.
0: At this point, you're just sucking the life out of everything.
1: Yeah. Like, and dude, I'll tell you what, man. When we first got in there, the band before us, like, I watched the. I was in there for thirty minutes, and I watched the crowd rotate really fast in thirty minutes. Mm-hmm. And it was because of how bad it sounded in there. It sounded terrible. And I said, That's I said, I said, I said, part. watch. I said, watch. We'll get a crowd. And after one song or two, they'll leave because mm-hmm. it sounds so bad in here. And, dude, it happened every time. And i so played with a lot of the guys on that circuit. Wolfy. And yes. they're so talented. Oh, yeah. Dude, every, almost everybody. And I, I, 98% of the people down that street are talented as mm-hmm. hell. I'm in the 2% that's not. But We're we trying to make it work, though. Look, man. <laughs> there's so much talent up down that street. Like, everybody's talented as fuck. A sound guy will ruin your gig. Absolutely will. A sound guy will ruin your gig and I'm on I'm, one of two avenues, out front
0: or in your mix. Mm-hmm. I I had a couple sound guys over this last weekend that I was at the point I was ready to just pack up and walk out. I could not play. One guy, he took the guitar mi- or the lead guitar out of my mix entirely and then just left.
1: This is why like I Old Red's the only venue where I can't control my own mix is the only venue. And that's, I trust them. They're there the whole time. They only step away for like a song or two here and there. Mm-hmm. They're there the whole time. They run lights. If I need anything, I raise my hand, go to the talk back. They put their ears on, fix it. Yep. Everywhere else. I run my own sound. And it needs and to be that way. Like if I'm doing ears, I'm running my own damn sound. Yes. Like it just needs to be that way. There's so many things that can go wrong. So many ways that
0: and I, they can hurt you. Like, here's are so
1: fucking fragile. Bro, man. at Nudie's uh, about a year and a half ago, one of the sound guys blew my in-ears. Blew them. That's fucked up. Had to use somebody else's the rest of the show. will listen to him. will be Boom. Ah, There's your bingo yeah, there card. He I was, I was like, here, dude, try them. He listened, he goes, oh my God, they're terrible. Now, thank God Will's the sweetest little kid in the world, love him to death, bought me a new pair of in-ears because he felt bad it was his gig. He was like, dude, hey, look, and now they're the KZs, so they're not a million dollars or anything, no. but nonetheless. Speaking
0: of, like everybody, if you even toy with the idea of playing music, you need a pair of the KZ in-ears, period. They're yeah. like 60 bucks. fucking just buy them. two or three pair, just have them around. Yeah, <laughs> I've, I've got two of them. I've at got the four, I have
1: four. I have four pairs. I and I went two. Through, are, two are like for mains, and uh-huh. then the other two are backups.
0: I went through
1: one year and and that was, was less than five hundred dollars for four pairs.
0: I'd order a model, try them out, send them back until I found like the ones that I liked because they're all shaped a little bit different. the The one that everybody's using that has like the the metal piece on the casing that one cut my ear so you may have to like try out a couple different models but sound wise for the price you're not gonna beat it holy yeah, balls no
1: they're 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 great get them i use the they
0: are on par with my thousand dollar yeah i use
1: the zs10s pros and there are five drivers in each ear and they sound better than any other five drivers i've put in my mm-hmm. ears that are see thousands I, of i've dollars. got the
0: as10s because they didn't cut my ear. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right.
1: Well, we talked about we'll, we'll get off that circuit and then in my little rant there. Sorry. I had some built up tension I needed to let out there. And and, and I know people are like, "Oh, you shouldn't do that in a public forum." No, the thing is is I want to be real with people. And if something that I say on on our podcast about this stuff pisses you off and you don't want to hire me i probably didn't want to play with you in the first place yeah like i'm gonna be real there's accurate. a lot of people i've been playing with for years that i love and adore and stages and bars and venues that i love and adore and i've tried to work at these venues for the last two years and every single time i've worked at one there's been problem, like and- significant problems it's not just something i can look like there's little things I can look past here and there. Not a big deal. But when shit's just not working. Yeah. And then I just get the, uh, well, there's nothing I can do response. Well, uh, well, then I can't ever play here again. You know? And, and
0: I mean, I will i don't. There's people,
1: there's people on that circuit I love. There's people on that circuit I love playing with. Nick Walker being one of them. Love the dude. Mm-hmm but I just can't play them bars anymore, man. And, like,
0: I don't prefer the kits by, like, a long shot, but I don't mind playing them. Like, it's a gig. They're not awful. I still have a lot of fun. It's everything else plus the problems with everything not working the way it needs to. And, dude, there's been times where I've been rocking out and just, like, having an absolute blast. And then I'll take a couple minutes to go grab a drink and then hear the mix out front, and it's like,
1: it's garbage. People
0: are watching me like rock out and have a good time, and it looks like I'm just being an idiot because they can't hear shit. Yep. Yep. And I will instantly be deflated and not want to play anymore.
1: Yep. Oh, I, I hate that feeling. I, I do too, man. I'm I'm there to have fun and have a good time to entertain. And I've gotta be mentally there to be able to provide that level of entertainment mm-hmm. and i think that's one of the reasons why at old red that i'm always able to have that energy same with lucky bastards lucky bastards and mm-hmm. old red i always seem to have that energy for two reasons one it sounds good in my ears mm-hmm. and out front two if i need something it's taken care of. Yes. Now i'm not something that, like right away and sometimes it may not be done till the next shift but like they fix it, they take mm-hmm. care of it. I'm not just given that there's nothing i can do response. Yeah, no,
0: i mean i've definitely had yeah. issues at literally every venue. How many times at Legends? some of them care.
1: How many times at that Legends that stuff br- stuff breaks and they literally either go across the street and get something uh-huh. or tear it apart in front of you, re-solder it, fix it, right. whatever, not the uh well, that's just a blown speaker. Like, no. Well, if they, there's a
0: blown speaker, you're getting a new
1: speaker yeah. or a new monitor or, or yeah, whatever. Or they'll, they'll bring me they're they're going to bring you something. They'll, they do something. And, like, so that's why I play these venues. Like, they take, when I'm taken care of, why would I leave these places? Right. Right. It was why I was at the Valentine Forever. They took care of me for the longest time until they didn't. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it,
0: no I agree if, if if you feel like they respect you then you'll go way further and put up with way more than if you feel like
1: you're not oh, respected 100% uh, let's move on to our next little point yep. so we gotta get going here soon I actually just got a text message saying that I'm now playing 30 minutes earlier than I'm supposed to tonight
0: All right. So before we go into the next subject, uh, one of the venues that we have a mutual disdain for, Uh
1: uh,
0: I got a text message. I was playing one of their bars and they were like, oh, uh, they're needing us to start at 545 instead of six. And I was like, okay, that sucks, but whatever. We get there, we get set up. We didn't see a sound guy until like 645. We didn't start till seven. They specifically told us to start
1: early was, was and then we didn't get to start till seven. Is This the TC or the purple purple. Yeah. That, that's, that's pretty common. There's, there's so much with that circuit. Things are set on one side, but not communicated to the other. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> apparently, and I do, I will say this because they kid rocks. I enjoy playing that bar, man. I have yet to have a bad gig there. It was at kid. Rocks. I, I, I and I've had most of my
0: problems at Kid Rock. So
1: I also, one thing that I do is I have my own in-ear rig. Mm-hmm. So when I go to bars like that, I still can run my own ears. I can connect to their mix. Like, so again, I, I try to do whatever I can to eliminate any problems on my end. Yes. So if there's a problem, it's on their end. Yep. You know, and I'll do whatever I can to help get there. So we can fix it. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. It's a cluster. It is, and man, again with the sound guys, especially on some of those circuits, they only get paid f- to be there for thirty minutes at a time, forty-five minutes at a time, mm-hmm. and they're having to do three or four stages. Yep. So I'm a I little don't more blame lenient.
0: the sound guy as much until they're just not doing their
1: job. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There, there is negligence there. Like the sometimes. amount of
0: times in that circuit specifically that they've just walked away and been done and I've been trying to get their attention the entire time they were mixing our monitor mix mm-hmm. and they just refused to acknowledge me
1: Yep no nope.
0: I've been there never asked me how anything was never asked if I could hear anything nothing just completely forgot about me
1: All right so there's been two big things that have kind of taken over Nashville especially the the music community here Yes Actually, not specifically the music community here. It really doesn't affect anybody else. Um, So, if you're not in the music community here, you haven't heard of it unless you follow somebody in the music community here on Facebook. But basically, the first thing that went through was there was a new updated city ordinance sound sound ordinance bill going through that was going to be passed that was going to negatively affect us in a Pretty big way, um, so we already have a noise ordinance for 80, 85 decibels mm-hmm. per bar. Like you know, so which if you're not
0: familiar with how the measurement works, eighty five decibels
1: is not loud. Eighty five decibels is the sound of like a washing machine. Yeah, that's not. You can talk over it. So basically, from fifty feet away, you're not supposed to be able to hear the music. If you walk up and down Broadway, you know that's not the case. You right. can hear music everywhere and some of the places you can't really control it because it's just too damn loud so what they were trying to do was have all the venues close their windows for one which if you do that in a lot of these venues it would become so terribly loud in there no matter how quiet you try to have it be because sound is just going to bounce around and the mixes would be terrible and it, it would just be negative for everybody. Involved. And
0: we know this because when there's bad weather, we have to
1: close the windows
0: yeah. and it's a rough gig.
1: And some venues still don't close their windows. We're anyways, yep, that's, a whole um, nother topic. <laughs> that's yeah. enough about that. So, um, and then in doing so they wanted to take away floor monitors. They wanted venues to go to electronic kits at every bar, um Which They we've wanted. We already every-
0: discussed a lot of problems. Yeah, with those. they wanted
1: everybody to be everybody on in ears, and so they had all these new rules they were putting in place, and that it just wasn't going to work. The problem with it being is nobody came and talked to the musicians or anybody in the musicians' union or anybody that is involved with Broadway. It was just politicians going, oh. There's new businesses and new people moving here that think it's too loud. Well, let's just quiet the street down.
0: Yeah, they didn't even take the time to think about considering what all of this means.
1: Another problem that really bit them in the ass with this is this bill was supposed to pass on a Wednesday. And the following Friday, literally two days later, we had the Music City Grand Prix here. Mm -hmm. And each one of those cars produces 130 decibels. Yeah so <laughs> you see yeah, the problem I, here you're, it you're, honestly, you're gonna allow stuff even louder it to come felt through in the heart like of the city just
0: a big fuck you yeah like that's how i felt
1: yeah it, it felt like we're we're gonna take control of this city and this block and you musicians can have nothing to say about it because then
0: you also have to remember like any of the special events that doesn't count yeah Fourth of July when they have a stage out on Broadway and loud ass fucking music doesn't now, count.
1: I will say um, the Purple Circuit and their HTS honky tonk school, um, <laughs> they all decided to get together and go have a protest right outside of the courthouse. And they did do it. They did go. and They even went and sat in and some of them spoke. And while I applaud all of them, and some of them are my friends that did go out, I'm not mm. making fun of any of y'all that did this in any way, shape, or form. I'm proud of y'all for doing this. I'm happy you did it. However, they already amended it and changed it before the protest. Yeah. So literally the protest didn't need to happen. Uh, and even some of the people that went there were like, yeah, it was kind of pointless. Yeah. But um It did get changed due to Dave Pomeroy, who is the head of the musicians' union here in town. Yep, and then um, Sasha McVeigh, who is not really a head of or in charge of anything here in town. The way I describe her, Sasha McVeigh is the queen.
0: If there was an
1: unofficial
0: (laughs) musicians' union. For Broadway. She's the queen. She is the head of that non existent. No, nonexistent she, no organization. I'm saying, hey,
1: she's the queen because she's from England. So they got a queen <laughs> over there. So she's the, because that's like, that's the top man. So she's the queen. And if you don't know Sasha, uh, she's amazing. She's going to be on this podcast here, I think next week or the week after. I hope so. Um, I've gotten very blessed to share the stage with her and tour with her. She is such an incredible human with one of the kindest hearts. And she does so much for the musicians here in town, and goes and above doesn't and beyond. Have to, no, at she all. doesn't have There's to. There's no reason she, she should. No, like she, she doesn't owe does any that. of us anything. But she does it because this is the life she wants and where she wants to be, and she's grateful to be here, and she wants to see all of us successful. And I'm I'm happy to have somebody like that in my corner. Um, we, we we're making jokes about you know. Uh, Mayor Sasha McVeigh doesn't sound too bad. It has a nice little right to it. Um, we, we would, we would love to see her do some great things, but I know that she wants to pursue music and she's got some big things coming out that she's going to talk to us about. And I'm, I'm excited for her to, to tell everybody. Um, but yeah, go check out Sasha Sasha McVeigh, incredible artist and amazing person. And what she does for the musicians here in town,
0: I, Which I just, in turn affects everybody that comes to Nashville to hear uh, music. Even so,
1: even step back during COVID, man. Mm-hmm. If it wasn't for her, there are so many musicians here in town that would have not gotten the money that they needed or the help financially. Well, like, she
0: was constantly trying to help everybody apply for she this, me. or that, or fill out she, this. She or... got
1: me through stuff, man. I'm I'm grateful. So Wait. yeah. They they got everything taken care of before the bill went through, and they got things amended. And she's she did go meet with whoever the guy was that was like – I can't remember the dude's name. It was, it was like in charge of writing this yeah. whole bill and doing everything. And so she's meeting with – or did meet with him, and they were supposed to discuss like real logistical things of how to yeah. make things work. Um, so right now, nothing – was changed on that city and on that sound ordinance other than a few small things that really don't affect us anymore. Mm -hmm. So thankfully, things get to stay the way they are. Broadway's still Broadway. The only thing that they're changing that I know 100% is they're not letting outward speakers face the street. And I'm cool with that. Which I'm cool with that too because I was tired of Tootsies, Nudies, and Lucky Bastards competing to who could be the fucking loudest. Yeah. Because literally, that's what they would do and they would tell you that. Because
0: my big thing is like, One of the only ways that we as the musicians can affect who comes in to the bar we're playing in is the song they hear from outside the bar.
1: I tell people all the time, when I was driving for Uber and Lyft, I would Uh tell people all the time, have you been to Nashville before? No? Okay, here's what you need to do. Ignore what anybody has told you about any bar. You need to go walk down that street, both sides, Mm -hmm. until you find something that you just have to hear. And yep. Then go then go into that bar.
0: Yep. And you would essentially be taking that away from us. Yeah. With a stupid ass sound ordinance
1: like that. Yeah. So grateful that didn't pass. That was uh, that was the first little scare we all had because it, it caused a lot of a lot of drama here in town. It really did. Um, when anything is put in place on us that restricts us in any way that we are not. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, it's not discussed with us. Right. If we're not consoled about like someone doesn't talk to us about, they just make these things without us. Like it pisses us off. Well, not only
0: there's so much about our job that they don't know and can't
1: understand. It's our livelihood. They're not talking to us. It's our our livelihood. It
0: could literally, you know, make us homeless.
1: And yeah, absolutely. You, so the other uh, big thing, since I just mentioned the good old honky tonk school, I'm sorry. I, like, I don't <laughs> this know. This is such a clusterfuck. <laughs> I don't know how any other way to say it the honky tonk school. Um, so if you ever hear me refer to it, that's the only way I know how to refer to it. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's valid though. It I is so valid. Why. But so um, so honky Before we get
0: into this, let me let me go through the way i perceived it since you have inside information well
1: before you do that let me describe what the honky tonk school is okay we'll we'll go because there's people are like what the fuck is honky tonk school because there are people first of all not a school it's it's not it's not a real school it's uh, again i'm not to explain it so we we talk about the purple circuit and um the purple circuit is tootsies kid rocks rippies honky tonk central what else am i missing I think that's all for Broadway. That's all f- as far as Broadway bars go, um, but they, you know, they they own those bars and run them. And Debatable, what, but yeah. <laughs> what they started doing years ago, I don't know exactly when the the open auditions started. They started having open auditions on like a was it Saturdays? Sundays? I think Saturday mornings. Sa- like Saturdays, like two to six or something, and they'd have a band, and you'd come in and either sit in with the band as a musician or, you know, as a singer and they would kind of, you do three songs and they'd give you a real quick criticism. They'd either say, yes, you can do this. We want to work with you, or maybe you should do something else. Um, and that's kind of how you would get into the purple circuit and doing their thing and, and kind of get into Broadway. And that was, that was where I'd say probably about 60 to 70% of the people that come into town, that's the route they go is because that's just the easiest way to get in and start meeting people and, yep. and beginning your, your networking because they, they do help with that in in a sense, just giving the, the building and the environment of new people and old people all together, yes. you know, working on this thing. So as this started to progress and become a bigger thing, They decided to take it one step further and create the honky tonk school. I don't know exactly who all is in charge of it. I know some of the people that like kind of run it. Um, I'm not going to say names. It's not my place. And from a, from a conceptual
0: standpoint, I really like this idea.
1: Right. I do too. I, I I think it's great. I think they're doing it the wrong way in every way. And for the wrong reasons. uh, Yeah. And for the wrong reasons, they're not trying to help people. They're trying to capitalize on people's potential success. Um, so they now have everybody go meet at one of these people's houses. Again, I'm not saying names. They have some, they have everybody go meet at these people's houses and they have a meeting and they call it the honky tonk school and they bring in new people and they have a whole little set up with microphones and amps and they have their band, the honky tonk school band, and they bring in these new artists and singers and they sit there and they, they coach you. So they, so to, so to speak, um, they coach you in all the wrong ways. Yep. They judge you on your appearance. They They do things and I've never been to the Honky Tonk school. This is coming from people that have that have come to me and have openly talked to me about these things. And um, I've heard the same things. Yeah. Um, you know, they they tell women to show more cleavage and to be more sexy and wear less clothing and Cuz that'll get you more tips. And yeah. And the guys, they only judge the guys on like their haircuts and, and their voice, you know, and, or if you're too fat, you know, it's things, things like that and tell you what to wear and how to do things in the set list you need to play. And if, you know, they, 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 they they supposedly coach you again, I've never been through it. I have friends. I would
0: like to think that there's probably usable information in there somewhere.
1: I I would love, if I had a venue, I would do this for free. Absolutely. And help every new person that Absolutely. I would not charge a dime. Slight sidebar.
0: I feel like as not just Sidemen, but rhythm section guys, we can pay a lot more attention to things like stage show and stuff like that and how people react to it than singers and lead players. Well, my,
1: my one of the clips that I saw, because they've got a TikTok and everything, you can go see it. You can go find this stuff all over the internet. Yep. But there is a video of... Uh, one of them again. I don't remember which one it was. One of the the the, the dudes, <laughs> um, and he's talking about phone clips and phones on stage. Yeah. And he was like, "None of my people need to be using phone clips. Nobody in my bars needs to be using phone. You need to learn all the lyrics. Yeah, if you walk into every single one of his bars, every single person has a phone clip and yep. a phone." And also, we get so many crazy requests. That, like It's not just a standard set list anymore. Like, you
0: yeah, know, if you take away... I'm,
1: if you want a song for $100 and I ain't never heard it before, I'm going to do it as long as I can look up the yeah. chords and the words. Yeah. So, by all means, I'm going to have my phone on a clip. <laughs> and, I mean, fucking George Strait has a prompter, so... Uh, man, just about every big oh, artist has a prompter. I know, but I'm saying... It's like... not like they, not necessarily they use it, but it's there for no. when they need it. Because like, anybody that's ever done guess anything. What? I'd rather like have this. a picture of a prompter, a, 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 a screen prompt next to me with lyrics and me singing to a crowd than a video of me forgetting words. Yeah, right. And it doesn't matter how many times you've sang a song, you're yeah. going to forget a word. I play the same songs every day. You know how yeah. many times I just go blank? Go I mean, to start
0: it, that if, second verse and nothing comes up? Go <laughs> to start the
1: second verse, all of a sudden I'm in the bridge. Like, what?
0: You're no, supposed that's to at go the, the end of this song. You're cop. supposed to go to the four.
1: <laughs> I went to the six. Yeah, I know. I have a problem with that, specifically in that song. It, it is. It's I that mean, song. there's a handful
0: of songs where I have issues like that, where I jump to for a part or whatever. For whatever.
1: I, I don't know. It's it, it does that. So, anyways, so that's kind of what the honky tonk school is. Is it's this put together thing that the Purple Circuit does that they say to help coach new people and the idea is Um, great now don't get me wrong like uh so chelsea foster who's been on here she works with them through their honky tonk school if they feel people need voice lessons they send them to her and then she will help coach them and she's even told some of the people like i don't even know why you're here like you're great you don't need to come back like so like they are in a sense trying to help in areas but like you said I think it's motivated from it. the wrong mm-hmm. end of the, and it's motivated by the wrong people yeah so what was your perception of it okay so of the of the issue
0: so I heard about the that the honky-tonk school was going to start requiring anybody that was in the honky-tonk school to kick back 10% of their base pay mm-hmm. and I heard about this a while ago
1: yeah it started about had been, two months ago or so Like that's, that's been it, a hot it surfaced. yeah.
0: and then fast forward to a few weeks ago there was an article that started circulating where they were talking about it mm-hmm. and on one hand they had the lowest base pay on the street so taking money away from artists just seems ridiculous to me but if you're, you know, going to this honky-tonk school on your own accord and they're charging you for it, that's transactional. That's your business. So I didn't really have a big opinion on it then.
1: Well, they also still have to, here's the big thing, they have still have to pay taxes. If you're yeah. paying them, you still have to pay taxes.
0: Yeah. So then I start hearing about the contract. And I've heard stories about tootsies and contracts forever, and since, I've never since seen I've,
1: Since I've been here, I've heard and, every, every year there's some kind of new contract they, someone that circuit comes up with.
0: Everybody seems to know that it exists, but I don't think I've ever talked to anybody that's actually been forced to sign said contract. Right. So I started hearing about the contract, and I didn't think anything of it because I've been hearing about that for six years. And then the contract was posted online. I don't even know where to start with the shit show that is this document. <laughs> so
1: you, Where do you want me to start?
0: <laughs> let's pause on the grammatical and spelling errors. <laughs> Cause that's a whole there was, section. There is probably
1: fifty words and about twenty errors.
0: <laughs> the big thing is so it's not just people that choose to go. To this honky tonk school idea, it is company wide. Everybody that plays for Tootsies has to give ten percent of everything they supposed earn. To say
1: the name. You're supposed to say Purpose the Purple or, Building. Yeah,
0: we don't we don't speak of the name. Uh, <laughs> the The bar that must not be named. <laughs> the Purple Building. They want ten percent of not just make, the base. Can we pay. make
1: like a Voldemort? Yes, to- that's a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> he must. He who must not be named. The bar who must not be named.
0: But they, yes. they don't just want ten percent of the base pay. They want ten percent of everything you make. Period. In their bar, out of their bar, whatever. And and they are your exclusive booking management,
1: which that? means you're not allowed to book anything. On your own. No, 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 You read that wrong. Did I? They're, they are your exclusive booking agency. However, due to that, meaning anything you book, whether it's through them or through anyone else, they collect 10% of that. Yeah. They, so they if get you 10% sell, of so they're, so they're trying to say if you sell thing. out a show at Nissan Stadium, they're they get 10%, 10%. back. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's pretty much what but, the the contract said. Yeah. So
0: looking at that, my first thought before anything was ever explained to me was this is just a st- stupidly complicated way to lower the base pay. Yep. That was my first thought. And then a friend of mine was like, no, it's a complicated way to launder money. And I was like, "Oh, that makes a lot of sense." I don't know that that's necessary because I don't jump to conspiracies. But I was like, "Huh, that. Let's let's pretend that's not accurate." Because you hear a lot of stories and rumors about this specific purple company. Yeah. And then I was told that they're still paying you your full base pay, and then requiring you to Venmo them back. The 10%. Yeah, I don't know how they
1: were asking for the money back. But I I was told that's I don't
0: that know. that's the only way they were accepting it back is through Venmo. So To which my brain
1: went, well, that's illegal as fuck. So you're pretty much on point with, with everything. So just to recap,
0: they're going to pay you everything, which they will use as a write-off for their business because they're paying the entertainment. You will give them 10% back under the table. So you're paying taxes on the full amount and they're getting 10% back untaxed.
1: All right. So how this was all explained for me from several people that work in that circuit that a few of them who are kind of directly involved and you know, they, they know what's going on. Um, Again, I'm not saying any names of anybody anywhere, but A certain person in charge of that circuit has moved from Nashville down to Florida in a retirement type of deal. And in doing so, he is no longer paying salaries of certain people. Mm -hmm. So these certain people, without without his knowledge, went behind his back and decided to create this contract to where this 10 everything you said 10% yep. is going to be given back to the honky tonk school and so forth. Well, these people are the people that are in charge of the honky tonk school and they're no longer supposedly on any kind of salary. And so they're trying to fi- figure again. This is just what I'm told. I don't know the exact details. Yeah. This is what I'm told. So take it without what you want. Um, but those people are trying to find a way to make their money back. So, Hey, let's do it through the Honky Tonk School. Whoever comes through the Honky Tonk School will do this. Well, when it caught wind that they were only charging the people of the Honky Tonk School, then they were like, "Oh no, we're going to charge everybody in the company." And
0: because their re- worst fear at that point would be, "Oh well, then nobody's going to come to the Honky Tonk School." because yeah, they're not going to give that's that money. So
1: they, that everybody's like, "Well, fine, we're just not going to go through the Honky Tonk School. We just will stop coming to you. We'll yeah. just keep booking through Tootsie or to Purple and <laughs> yada yada yada." And they're like, "Nah, it's not gonna work for us." So they decided to do it company wide. Well, when all this, when this contract came out, you know, like everything, someone's gonna see something. They're gonna take a picture and post it on the internet. Yeah, everything is Especially going to something be like seen. This. And they took a whatever this first draft of this little contract was. We and they posted it, it up on the draft. internet. Holy hell yeah I hope so. I say that just because of how many errors there were. I'm trying to give them the benefit of the doubt. that's just me being nice right now um but they they need a different put, kind of school <laughs> they yeah they need real they need some uh education they need some English grammar education honestly, if anything but th- this contract came out, and just like Bobby said. 10% of any of your earnings musically anywhere that you book whether it be through them through somewhere else Sooty's circuit on Broadway or wherever else you owe them 10%. And that the, they 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 also have some other it wasn't publishing rights no it wasn't publishing rights I didn't it was see something else. Like that. Some some Oh no! They were exclude. They were saying they were excluding the publishing rights. That's yeah, what it was. Yeah. And then they're like, "Oh, you know, we've had Chris Jansen, and we've signed these people, and this and that, and which they're all false claims." Um, which I have a thought on that. I want to go over in a minute. Yeah, we will. Actually, we gotta keep going soon. <laughs> yeah, we do. Anyway, to speed this but, up, so contract comes out, shit hit the fan. Everybody in in Nashville went running with it. It was posted on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook, on threads. It was put everywhere. Purple Circuit was put on blast. Um, It came around to John Taylor, and he was like, I did not approve of this, supposedly. This this is what he's saying. He he didn't know anything about it, didn't approve of it. They're not going to do this. They had a big meeting yesterday, and in that meeting they told everybody this can't happen it's not gonna happen we're getting rid of this also within doing so like bobby said they were doing all this trying to do all this under the table well people aren't dumb in this town like they no. they're, they're just not like there's a lot of smart people i mean in they this are town. but
0: different kind of dumb. yeah <laughs> um, we're all
1: musicians for one, but like we we do know that like musicians nowadays like we do everything we can to protect ourselves so if you put a contract yeah. in front of us you think we're signing it before we yeah. have it looked at by at least three yeah. professional people probably attorneys and lawyers yeah every single person who caught wind of that that has a, a business or a music attorney i have a friend who's a music attorney i sent it to him i was like dude what do you i knew his. i knew what his response was going to be but i was just like hey man what do you think of this and he was like is this real and I, and I was like, yeah, he laughed. He's like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. He's like, first of all, they're trying to take money and not be taxed on that. They're going to get taxed on that. Like you can't, and mm-hmm. what you're going to owe in taxes is more than you're going to be taking back. Yeah. He's like, so that's the dumbest idea there. Also, there's no other, there's no second line for them to sign. So it's just you signing a piece of paper. Yep. Yep where where's anybody how is there any kind of there's no
0: contract a contract is people. an agreement and there's no agreement unless there's multiple parties right
1: so you know it's lots 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 of lots of fuckery there but it got shut down they're not doing it but in the last two three weeks man there's been a lot of stuff that's happened that's got a lot of musicians like pretty uptight and, and i'll what, tell you it, what it's hard to what?
0: organize this community but once we're, like, set when, on attack mode. When you piss us be off. Be careful, because we'll jump at anything.
1: Dude, we're, yo, <laughs> yo. Look at it this way. In in a way, we're kind of like ants. Uh-huh. You give us our tasks. We're going to go. We're going to do what we do every day, in and out, make yep. our bread, and leave. You come in and fuck up our mound. You interrupt our path. We come in for you. <laughs> we're we're going to, we're all going to, yep. you're not just getting one of us. You're getting all of us. And,
0: I don't know, I've always said, if we don't look out for us, nobody else will. And that it's, is it's, more true now than.
1: Prime example, had the musicians not stepped up for this noise ordinance thing, it would have passed and the entire city would have been okay with it and not thought twice about it. And had it not been musicians standing up for musicians, we'd be screwed. Yep. Absolutely screwed. So I well, we
0: got one more statement about the Purple People Eater. Okay. And then. God, we got to make a shirt for that too. Yes. All right, so I feel like, and I want your opinion on this, the only reason that they do the auditions and the honky-tonk school is so that they are the funnel into Broadway. So if anybody ever makes any kind of hit outside of Broadway, they can be like, oh, well, they played at Tootsie's.
1: Yeah, what do you think we of, want that control. You, that's what they did with Chris Jansen.
0: Yeah, but... With they, with the contract and everything else, have it's all about Anything to do control. with Chris
1: Jansen's success? No, not at all. But they claim he just that.
0: happened to have played a song there.
1: They claim so. That. Boom. But like, with oh, the, he played he played that song here at Tootsie's before he he got famous. So but they're notorious
0: for not letting their artists play at the other bars. No other circuit has that. Yeah, they, it, they don't. It, it, they are so bent on the control factor of everything that like and i mean we've talked to guys that are crazy talented and could be on any circuit and they'll sit there and be like no tetsys has always treated me great they've always given me shows like i'm not i'm not going to quit that and it's because they're building that atmosphere of you're in our box and you can't leave our box mm-hmm. but when you do leave our box we're responsible for anything you achieve yeah and yep. that is the sole point of why i cannot stand that circuit.
1: Dude, I can't either. And like I said, outside of two or three people that play it and only certain stages, mm-hmm. will I do it? I will only play it for my close friends. Alright, man. Well, is, I had like four more talking points. but Yeah, I know. Apparently we because, have to do this more often. Uh, yeah, you know. Actually, yeah.
0: Shoot us a message and let us know if you like this as just like a intermittent kind of reprieve from everything else that we do. Cause or, we can do- work one of these in every now and then. No problem.
1: Yeah. Well, we probably will just cause we need to keep episodes coming up <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, schedules are crazy and I get that. Um, we're trying, we're, we're trying. And those of y'all that have come on the podcast, thank you. Those of y'all that want to be on it and have reached out to us. Thank you. I will say if you book a day with us and I did put up a post about this, if you book a day with us or time with us, please stick to it. Um, Bobby and I are both very busy. Bobby's life is a little crazier than mine because he has kids and he has to come here to my studio. So he's usually trying to find a babysitter or this and that. Yeah. So um, just keep that kind of stuff in mind. Like, you're Bobby's like paying people to like watch his kids. So if he pays somebody to come watch his kids and you cancel on us, it, it, he's losing some money. It hurts him. And we're not making any money off of this. Like, so, you know. Help us out. If you book with us, just show up. It's an hour and a half, two hours is all I'm asking. You know, if you can't, if you can't 100% commit to it, then, then, just then tell us that we'll be cool with it. Just we can wait until yeah, you can. That's not wait, a problem Wait until you have a 100% free day where you don't have any extra stuff. Like we, we got you. We, we want people on here. We want to keep interviewing people, but it definitely makes it really, really, really hard when people the last 3 weeks have canceled yeah. last minute so um maybe it's us Kyle maybe it is us maybe <laughs> it's me i i you know i was venting today I was going off. Maybe it's me. Who knows? I don't know. We're both getting fired after this (laughs) from something. I don't know. (laughs) We're getting
0: fired from our own podcast. I'm going to find out. I'm still employed at Best Buy and they're going to (laughs) fire (laughs) me.
1: Right. Kyle, you never actually quit the store, so we're going to fire you now. It was like office space where they're still sending him (laughs) checks. Right. Well, he's still getting checks. He's not hired. No one's just had the heart to tell him. Well, just stop sending him the checks. Anyway, can you see my stapler? <laughs> I actually, um, <laughs> this is an office space uh, mouse pad and I had the red stapler. I don't know where, I think it's in my filing cabinet. That's um, awesome. Uh, a, a birthday present I got years ago and I, I think it was, I think I was a senior in high school. Um, somebody gave me the office space, like DVD whole pack. Oh, nice. So it had this. It had the stapler. It had a poster. I think it had. I think it had one of the like pins. The DVD. Yeah, it had everything. Anyways, all right. That's enough of me ranting. <laughs> I'm just. I'm just going off at this point. I said I was gonna get out of here ten minutes ago. Here I am. Yeah. Anyways thank you guys so much for always listening we um, love you we we do again this is just something fun for dude, us dude
0: thanks for coming up and talking to us when you see us out yeah that's so um, freaking cool except for when I was on a date that was a little awkward <laughs> so. nah dude totally got some street cred uh, for it <laughs>
1: Who the like, fuck are you? Like two months ago or so, I was, on, I was on a date with this girl, and somebody walks up, and she's like, aren't you Kyle from Nashville for Nobodies? And I was like, uh, this is awkward. <laughs> the girl just looked at me and was like, who are you? <laughs> she yeah, ju- I'm she, Kyle from Nashville for Nobodies. She literally just nobody's. met me like five minutes prior to this happening, so it was, it was weird. You know um, what this tells
0: me? Podcast isn't on your Tinder profile. I don't
1: have one anymore. I got rid of oh, Tender and Hinge. That
0: was that was like my joke. Come on now.
1: You ruined it. <laughs> Sorry. I got rid of those. <laughs> They're crazy. I got rid of them. Don't. I had dating apps for like two weeks. So I was like, screw this. <laughs> <laughs> this is, nope. Good. Don't. Not at all so yeah but no seriously thank you all for that come up to us and reach out to us something i did want to talk about uh, we didn't get to today i'll touch base on it real quick i've actually had a few people reach out to us either on the national for nobody's instagram or my instagram personally i don't know if anybody's reached out to bobby or not but just saying yep. how much you enjoy the podcast and you like what you're hearing and even some of y'all have given us a little bit of advice when we've said we don't know what we're doing here and there and we greatly appreciate it, it again this is just something fun for us. And the fact that we have over 120 people listening to every episode mm-hmm. now is insane because there was a time when we barely had 10. Yeah. So I, again, I said it last week, I'll say it again. I watch the numbers constantly and I see them going up. I know you guys are listening and paying attention. And thank we, you. We cannot say um, thank you enough. Again, we're we're at four hundred and six followers on Instagram. Woot. Yeah. Uh we were at 399 the other night and I put up a post and you guys delivered. Thank you very much. I am very appreciative of that. Um I was gonna make us a TikTok, but honestly, I just don't even keep up with my own. Yeah. I'm just gonna stick to Instagram. If we'll reels, if if we if we whatever. get to where
0: we're yeah. doing video and we can just clip it,
1: maybe yeah. Right. But so, but thank you guys, appreciate it. And I, I keep saying it over and over and over. But we are seriously. I don't know what inc- else to say. Like, thank you. Just
0: doesn't seem like enough. Yeah, we're incredibly I'm grateful. Blown away that anybody. Enjoys oh, this.
1: what does what does it say? Was um, you know, I've heard some success stories. Uh, Marcus being one of them, coming in, meeting us, yes, talking to us. Hey, you know, I'm friends with Ty. I listen to your podcast. I like the advice you guys. You guys said come and out and now with he's people. fucking killing it. And yeah, the dude's gigging every day, man. Dude, and, I, I love and, it. And, and, and love he's, it. He's, he's, he's he told me, and I'm, I'm taking over what he says. But he said that he wouldn't have gotten to that point if it wasn't for us. So. I'm Dude, grateful he did for he that. he was
0: talking to me and he was he was essentially like and I'm definitely paraphrasing because I can't remember what he said exactly right. but he was like man I was really starting to wonder if this was going to work and you kept telling me just hold on it'll happen and then it'll just snowball and that's exactly what happened
1: yep. and now like i said he's he's killing it yep. so well we're going to get out of here cuz i got to get ready and go to a gig i'm uh, hungry we're way past time today but that's okay bob Bobby. Robert. Yes. No. <laughs> Bad.
0: Bad. Kyle. <laughs>
1: um. Thanks. Thanks, man, for always doing this and and coming to here. Dude, thank and, you.
0: I, this is nothing like this at all without you. You so, you bring all of your energy to this, and I love it.
1: All my negativity today. And <laughs> hey, you am I what? not being able? To, I can't speak today. How am I going to sing tonight? I can't, I can't speak today. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm in my head already. Okay. I'm going to get out of here. I got to get dressed and get ready. Um, Socials. I said that as if, as if I wasn't wearing clothes. I'm 100% yes. clothed. Yeah. Well,
0: not 100%, but I'm glad there's no video. <laughs> uh, Kyle,
1: where can they find you? Uh, I'm supposed to ask you that first. I know, but, fine. but you're not. Uh, all right. <laughs> I am Kyle Thurkey or Thurkey base across all platforms. Again, if you're looking for me, I'm not that hard to find. I'm the crazy motherfucker with the green mohawk. Definitely crazy. Which it's about to go away. I'm
0: sorry. Well, you've explained it and I'm okay with it for now.
1: I changed my idea. It's going away.
0: Is it not for the same reason?
1: It's all going away.
0: I thought that was the plan. All of it. Okay. Maybe we'll talk. Yeah. We'll talk. (laughs) Um, I'm story of Bob or story about music everywhere. You can find me everywhere. Um, Kyle, I love you, man. I love you too, brother. Thanks so much for doing this with me. This has been a fun ride. Thanks.
1: Thanks for having me on. Like I said, uh, doing a podcast is something I've always wanted to do and we're coming up on a year. Yeah. Doing this together. It's getting dangerously Um, cheesy and it's, it's been fun, man. It's, we got to come up with a
0: big idea for. Our year uh, anniversary and to take will. us into the
1: next season. Maybe, maybe we'll go do a podcast somewhere cool. Maybe, maybe we can do a podcast downtown. I want to so bad, dude. Have you ever seen live podcasts where yes. there's like a live audience? Yes. And like, and I've always wanted to do that. Let's make it happen. I think we might let's be get on make the phone. All right, all right, man. So. Until next time, AMF, guys. Bicycle.
0: Hey guys, thanks so much for listening to the podcast. We have a great time putting it on for you, so we really appreciate all of the listens. If you have any questions or want to reach out to us, we are on Facebook and Instagram. So if you just search Nashville for Nobody's Podcast, we will pop up and you can interact with us that way. We also have some more options coming up in the future for interaction, so that'll be a whole lot of fun. So as always, it's never too late to tip your bartender, and please don't forget to tip your band.